This is Pet Life Radio. Let's talk pets. Welcome to Covered in Pet Hair, a boozy web show for pet lovers on Pet Life Radio. I'm your host, Isabel Alvarez-Arada, and today I have the pleasure of having a drink and a chat with a person that helps pet parents navigate the loss and grief associated with saying goodbye to their beloved pets. I'll tell you all about her and introduce you as soon as we come back from these messages from our sponsors. How many of you have pets? My hand's raised. Now think about how lucky you are to have such a sweet little pet in your life. And that pet is lucky to have you too. But unfortunately, there are countless pets out there that don't have a home to call their own. However, Bob's from Skechers is trying to change that. So we developed Bob's for dogs and cats to help pets in need. With every purchase of adorable Bob's footwear or fun, stylish apparel, or even the cutest Bob's pet accessories, Skechers makes a donation to Petco Love to help save shelter pets. And with your help, we've already saved the lives of over 1 million pets and raised over $7 million. So while you're getting style and comfort with features like Skechers' famous memory foam cushioning, you're also helping to save an adorable pet in need and helping another lucky owner be connected with a future best friend and companion because happiness is having a loving pet by your side. Find Bob's at a Skechers store, Skechers.com, select pet co-locations, or wherever stylish footwear is sold. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. Welcome back to Covered in Pet Hair. I'm your host, Isabel Alvarez-Arada, and today I have the pleasure of having a drink and a chat with a pet parent, a Reiki master, an animal communicator. She's a best-selling author, an entrepreneur. She's also an adventure seeker, a road tripper, and a foodie. She loves to drink tea and is a fitness fanatic, so much so that she's a retired ballroom dancer and a long-distance open-water swimmer. She's a New Jerseyan that has spent the past 40-plus years living in New Hampshire. She's wife to Rick, dogma to Addie, who has her own fan club because she is the subject of many a book. And she is a guardian to all the wildlife that lives near her New Hampshire home. Most importantly, she is a pet loss grief coach, and she's going to help us navigate pet loss and grief today. Her name is Wendy Vandepoel, and this is the second time she's been uncovered in pet hair. Welcome back, Wendy. Thank you, Isabel. I'm so happy to be here. I love this show. I'm so happy to have you back. Last time you were here, we were talking about your books. We were talking about witches and you were having a witch's brew and I was having a Bloody Mary that was totally overrated. And today I want to ask you what you're drinking. But first, I want to introduce our drinking game. Anybody participating in our drinking game today? Anytime you hear this word, the secret word is support. Please make sure you take a drink of whatever it is you're enjoying, but you must be of age wherever you're joining us from. Please never drink and drive and always drink responsibly. What are you drinking this time, Wendy? Believe it or not, water. <laughs> ah, she's drinking water. So what, what's, what's it with the water? Are you on a health kick? No, I was, you know, it's just so hot here in New Hampshire today that I was like, okay, what should I do? I should, you know, I had a couple of ideas and I was like, 
Oh, I just want water. Yes, that's perfect. <laughs> that is perfectly acceptable. People think you can't toast with water, but I think that's BS. Uh, but I am having a cocktail today and I actually, I love a theme. And today we're talking about heartbreak. So this is a broken heart cocktail. Oh, it is made with vodka, sweet vermouth, and it has champagne and lemon juice in it. And it's actually kind of like a hot toddy on the rocks. So there's like a bit of a comforting flavor to it. So I get why it's called the heartbreak cocktail. So cheers to you. Cheers. Thank you for being back on the show. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for and having gonna, me. Don't get mad if I take a few sips because it's actually very delicious. It looks delicious. I wish I could have some. It's very citrusy. Yeah. Refreshing. Part of it was I was lazy to make up something. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's my job to actually talk about cocktails on here. So I obviously <laughs> put a lot of thought into it. I've been thinking about what am I going to have? What am I going to have all week? And luckily, my husband had a half day of work today. So he's back at being my husband, germ bartender, and he Yay. made me this today. Yay. <laughs> all right. So in order to keep this light and airy, even though we are taking on a pretty heavy topic, I do want to play a game with you, which is how I introduce the show every time. Are you ready to play? Oh, I'm always ready for your games. <laughs> awesome. This is going to be fun. So I actually did a little crowdsourcing for this. So like I went to my audience and I asked them to tell me things that they've heard when they've lost their pet. So this game is called say it or leave it as in leave it, leave it. Don't say that again. Good. I love it. <laughs> All right. So these were things that have actually been said to people after the loss of one of their beloved pets. And obviously, if you think it's a nice thing to say and something that shares support, you would say, say it. And if it's something that they should never have said to begin with and nobody should ever say again, you should say, leave it. All right. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> let's do it. All right. You can always get another one. Uh, leave it. <laughs> leave it. Uh, Take all the time you need. Oh, keep that one. Okay. It's just a cat. Leave it. The intensity of your grief is equal to the depth of your love. That's a keeper. This one is tough. This one's a, this one's a hard one to believe that somebody would say this. Why did you make the decision so quickly? He was still walking and eating. Oh God, they, you know, I'm getting goosebumps and that just makes my hair stand on end. I'll leave it. It is not your place to ask anybody that. No, no. Next one, you gotta get over it. Leave it. Losing a pet is the worst part of owning a pet. I would say keep that one. It's borderline. It's really it's borderline. about tone, isn't it? It is about tone and it is about circumstance, but I think that's okay. It's not inaccurate. <laughs> it's not inaccurate. No, that's why I'm keeping it. That's why Perfect. I'm keeping it. All right, next one, you'll be okay. That is also one to leave it. Eventually, you yeah. will be okay. Yeah, leave it. It's like, yeah. Yes. I would never have spent that much money on a dog. You could have gotten a new <laughs> one for less. <laughs> leave it. Leave it and leave that friendship. My goodness. Right. Walk away immediately. With friends like that, who needs enemies? Oh, right. Here's the next one. Are you still crying over that cat? Yeah, that's another one to leave. It's, <sighs> yeah. We need to take all the time we need to grieve and it doesn't matter. So leave it, walk away. Don't even like feel like you have to take care of that comment. Yes, somebody. exactly. Don't even yeah. acknowledge yeah. it. No, no. Next one. Deep love brings profound grief. 
deep love brings profound grief. Yeah, I'm gonna go with that one. We're gonna keep that one. And yeah. last but not least, you gave her the very best and loving life. I'm gonna keep that one too. Keep it for sure. Great job. I agree with you. I couldn't believe when I asked people, you know, because I know people say things that are just people yeah. don't know how to navigate grief. So they say they things don't. that really don't, are not helpful. Right. But some of these went way beyond what I expected someone might say. Cool. Yeah. No, that's yeah. really good that you reached out to your audience to get those. That was yeah, great. yeah, yeah. So yeah. why do you think people have such a hard time supporting pet parents or pet professionals when they've lost? a pet that was really important to them. Well, one Isabel is kind of, you know, our society, we have been trained over the years, centuries um, to pretty much avoid grief, avoid death, try to get through it as fast as we can. So we've developed this distance from each other and we don't know what to say, even though we have the heart and the empathy, we're at loss because we're not trained to support in that way. We may be afraid of dying. We may be afraid if we say something, we're going to die, you know, <laughs> but we're not. So it's, it's one of those things that it can be very awkward because we don't like to feel grief. Humans don't like to feel grief. And, but when we work on it and we feel it and we can allow that joy from the memories to come in, it's a very, could be a very healthy and profound relationship. And we can learn a ton about ourselves through our grief through our grief a ton. Yeah, yeah, I bet. Yeah, I bet. Yeah, yeah. So I've seen that it's been said, and I think it's based on research that losing a pet might actually hurt more than losing a fellow human or loved one. Why do you think that is? The reason why, and that's, I believe that study was done in 2008, if, I, if I'm correct. The reason why is let's face it, no matter what animal it is, we're getting some level of unconditional love. We're getting a audience for our thoughts, for our hearts, for our secrets without judgment, right? We can tell our animals anything and they're just going to be fine with it. <laughs> you know, Our dogs yeah. are going to still love on us. Our, our, our horses are still going to ninny when we come into the, into the stable, you know, it, there's, it's, it's still there. So even though we love our partners, our human partners and our parents or kids, it, it's different because it's a human relationship. There is judgment. Mm -hmm. That's okay. It's our, it's our nature. Mm -hmm. So when we lose our confidant that didn't judge us and was there for us, no matter what we looked like, no matter how we felt, that's a huge hole in our hearts and in our souls. So that's very difficult to replace. And that's very difficult to navigate. Absolutely. It really is. And something that's really unique to our relationships with our pets is also, in many cases, we decide when we say goodbye to them. Yes. Which we, in most places in the world, you cannot decide that for your human counterparts. Right. So do you think that euthanasia adds a layer, an additional layer to the grief? Oh, definitely. When my clients give me a call, their number one grief issue, grief feeling, grief emotion is guilt. And I feel guilty because I didn't know if I made the right choice to euthanize. That is the biggest one. And it's so normal, you know, because what happens is because as humans, we don't usually have the support group as we do with people. So it's getting better, luckily, but it still has that thing in our workplace, in our social surroundings that if like some of those sayings, 
what do you mean you're still grieving? It's only a cat. My God, get over it already. You know? <laughs> and those comments, I, I help people to kind of lift out of that lower brain and go into the higher brain place. And just like, don't let those comments sit back here, move through them, breathe so that, you know, you can experience the beauty that we, we have with our pets and, you know, know that you made the best choice that you could have made for your pet health, integrity, dignity. That's like such an amazing gift to give to our animals that are, are suffering. It really is. We don't need anybody else talking about it because we're already questioning it. So questioning the timing, don't worry. I'm already questioning the timing. I actually, I brought socks up from her resting place. She's her ashes are right behind her photo here. Um, because I wanted to include her in this topic. And I still, to this day, it's been over a year. I still question whether or not I waited too long, even though intellectually, I know that my socks, who was a counter surfer would eat anything. I wasn't even eating anymore. I brought her burgers on her goodbye day and she wasn't even eating them. So I know intellectually it was the right time, but emotionally I'm like, what if she had had a better day the next day? So anybody who is watching this, who's never had to put a pet down, you never know if it's the right time. You don't know when you're making the decision. You don't know after you just have to hope that you're at peace with it at some point. And sometimes you need help from people like Wendy. Yeah. Made that happen. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, things to do for your listeners. One of the best ways to heal is to write love letters to your deceased pet. Mm -hmm. Even apology letters, and they don't have to be read by anyone but you. But you know, you're, you're in there, you're in your emotion, you have maybe a picture of your pet in front of you. And you just say, you know, dear Fluffy, I loved our life together. We had so much fun running on the beach. And when I was on the beach the other day, I just thought of you and I just want to tell you how much I love you. That's all you have to do. And, you know, you can put tuck them away or some people burn them, you know, just as a release, but there's many, put them in a scrapbook. There's so many wonderful things that you can do so that your heart can bring in that joy eventually because grief is a journey which it's not an overnight thing for any, you know, it's just, you know, so it takes some time, but it's okay to feel the joy. And I love to help people, you know, get to that place where like, yeah, I feel sad. Yeah, I feel a little guilty. But you know what, that joy in my heart fills and I can fills me so much fills my soul and I feel so connected to fluffy. Yeah, that's the only thing we could really hope for. Is yeah, using the memories to bring us yes, in that time. And exactly. I want to dig into more of actual best practices, maybe even on what you've seen helps people through the grieving process, the hardest times, but I need to take a break right now. So we're going to talk more about grief and how we can navigate it as soon as we come back from these messages from our sponsors. For those fortunate to have experienced the deep bond and unconditional love of a companion animal, The death that follows can be one of the most difficult and misunderstood losses to go through. Many times, this devastating loss goes unrecognized and trivialized by family and friends, leaving grieving pet parents struggling to find healthy ways to cope with the loss. In And I Love You Still, a thoughtful guide and remembrance journal for healing the loss of a pet, 
Dr. Julianne Corbin calls attention to the difficulties unique to the loss of a beloved pet and provides an interactive and compassionate guide to help you process your loss and work towards coming to a place of peace and healing. For those interested in journal therapy and looking for a professionally written and compassionate resource to help understand and reconcile the grief associated with the loss of your pet, this book is for you. And I Love You Still, a thoughtful guide and remembrance journal by Julianne Corbin is now available for purchase on Amazon and other major book retailers. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets on Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. <laughs> Welcome back to Covered in Pet Hair. I'm your host, Isabel alvarez Arada, and today I'm speaking to Wendy Vanderpool, who is a pet loss grief coach. She helps people navigate the horrid, horrid experience that it is to say goodbye to our pets. Um, most people who have never experienced it don't understand what it feels like until they go through it. And because we're all animal lovers and pet parents and pet professionals, we're going to feel it more often than we certainly would like. So, Wendy, to keep things on the um, higher uh, energy level, I'm going to play a second game with you today. And okay. it's called Good Grief. Oh, cool. cool. Because I feel like even though it's grief and even though it's monumental and profound, it is a good thing because it only yes. it, it only means that we had a wonderful bond with the animal that we're grieving. Right. Right. Exactly. Yeah. All right. So the way this game works is actually it's just I'm going to read you a quote and I'm going to tell you who said it. And you're going to tell me if they did, in fact, say it or if I am making that up. Oh, (laughs) it's pretty. It's I feel like you're going to get it right because most of them are very, very, very uh, well-known people. Okay. All right. (laughs) Here goes the first one. Heaven goes by favor. If it went by merit, you would stay out and your dog would go in. Did Mark Twain say that? Oh, man. I'm going to say yes. He certainly did. (laughs) At least he's credited with saying it. (laughs) Because we don't really know for sure. We don't know for sure. Right. (laughs) All right. This one is a current day person. This is uh, Pope Francis. Did he say... One day we will see our animals again in the eternity of Christ. Paradise is open to all of God's creatures. Yeah, he did. And you know what? I, I'm Catholic and I loved Pope Francis, but this definitely yeah. like, solidified my love of Pope yes. Francis. The next one. How lucky I am to have something that makes saying goodbye so hard. Did former President Obama say that? No. That's right. Do you oh, know who said it? <laughs> oh, I know. I've seen that quote. You have. Yeah, and I'm trying, and I, uh, uh, you better tell me, because I don't know, I, it's like right there, but I can't say the name. It was Winnie the Pooh. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> All right, next one. What we once enjoyed and deeply loved, we can never lose. For all that we love deeply becomes part of us. Helen Keller. Yes. Absolutely right. Yeah, she that's certainly a great said quote. That. I love it is that so quote. beautiful. Mm-hmm. Last one. Death leaves a heartache no one can heal. Love leaves a memory no one can steal. Liam Neeson. That's a hard one. I'm going to say no. 
Liam Neeson may have said it, but it's not credited to him. It is an Irish saying. So I just oh. used his name since he's an oh. Irish actor. Okay. <laughs> 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 he did lose his wife, so I figured you yeah. would be thrown off by that, yeah. and, you know, a quote yeah. about grief. But that is a beautiful, beautiful Irish thing. That is a beautiful Irish thing. It is. And it applies to any loss that we've experienced, whether yes. it be our pets or fellow humans that we've loved. All right. So, shoot. <laughs> you did really well. <laughs> okay. You did great. I don't think you got any of them wrong. No, I did great this time. Fantastic. I I yeah. <laughs> Well, last time, last time you did great too. I remember you did an awesome job on okay, the, at the true and false game that I played with oh, you last yes, time. Oh, yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So I want to know what you think people should expect, because I feel like expectation setting kind of helps the process. Yeah. What can somebody expect from the grieving process when they're losing their pet? Okay. So that's a really great question. And when people are in pet hospice, so, you know, if you get that news and if you have some time, you're actually in luck because at that time you can start working towards gaining knowledge and your, your end of life plan. The more you do the work with grief and understand your relationship with your pet and kind of, and, and developing a new normal while they're in pet hospice, the easier it is to, I mean, I'm going to put that in air quotes, the easier it is to move into the end of life. So expectations really depend <laughs> on what stage you're in. But as a, as a broad kind of umbrella, if you will, things that you can expect is you're going to go on a roller coaster ride for sure. And you're going to go up, you're going to have wonderful days like oh i'm feeling really good and then you may be in the grocery store or the dog food store and you see a you know something that reminds you of your dog or cat or iguana or fish and boom you you just go down you don't even know why you went down you know you just like had this like image and you went your lower brain kicks in and goes okay you need to survive i'm going to bring you down instead of letting you be up here but those places where we go down, that's where you can start building some expectations for healing. So you can say, you know, not, I'm not talking timelines here, but you can, these are the places where you can say, you know what, the next time I'm on my high, I'm going to feel a little bit better and a little bit stronger because I know what's coming when I crash, when I go down again. Okay. So it's, it's learning how to ride the roller coaster very eloquently, basically. The other thing to expect is it's going to be hard or it can be hard to find an expected support group. Your partner, your parent, your coworker, as close as you may be, may not be the best support. It may be the woman that is the cashier at the grocery store. It may be the person that's pumping gas next to you. It may be someone, oh, I don't know, just random, you know, you just like, you meet somewhere, your book group or whatever. But so I, it's, it's having that expectations to, again, is not, is go beyond a little bit and be open to the fact that the people closest to you may not be your best support team. Yep. And expect emotions and expect that you're going to feel chaotic with those emotions and that you're not crazy and that you don't have two heads and that, you know, <laughs> um, and that pr 
probably most of the feelings that you're going through are normal grief feelings and to expect that. So, and I talk about them in my books a lot and I have some blog articles is that, you know, normal grief feelings aren't just guilt and sadness. I mean, you can be euphoric. You can have that feeling like you're, you're walking on air or you're numb, you know, you're just like, you know, those kind of things. The thing to be concerned about, I do want to put a little disclaimer here is yes, you're going through those normal feelings, but be aware of when they possibly may become abnormal. And I do have that question for you actually coming up because I do feel like there's a time where, and I don't want to say a timeline because the grief can last however long, but there's a time at some point where maybe you need to reach out to somebody who can help you navigate those feelings. Exactly. But let's say that somebody who's feeling, you know, the normal amount of grief, what's to be expected. Do you have any rituals other than the writing of the letters that you just mentioned? Do you have any rituals or have you seen other people have any rituals that you feel like bring comfort during such a terrible time? Yeah. Especially when in pet hospice. I mean, one of the things that I have my, my clients do is they write out to-do lists is really good thing to do. It's like, and even if it's like crazy, you know, like give pills to Fluffy at nine o'clock in the morning, put everything down, including self-care. I'm a big one for having people get out in nature, get a massage, take a bath, drink tea, sit down, read a book. So you have some time where you're just with yourself. I have people doing checklists. And what this does is it allows you to create your new normal. All right. When the pet passes and you're in that place of what do I do now? Who the heck am I? Oh my God, 10 o'clock. I'm supposed to be at the dog park, but Fluffy's not here anymore. So then we take that like, okay, let's put some more things, different things on your list of how you can continue a relation, a heart relationship, even though your pet isn't in the physical. And that's what I do in in my medium sessions is help people, you know, see what does Fluffy want to do now that Fluffy's in the afterlife with you, because they still want to work with you, you know, they still want to have that. So that's really good. Um, Big one also for people to gain as much knowledge as they possibly can, not only about grief in general, but how do you experience grief? No, because it's going to be different than the way I do it. Because, and it's going to be different than the guy down the road is going to do it. And it all depends on the relationship you had with your pet. So it's all very unique and very, you know, um, there's not a cookie cutter approach to this. Um, it's very unique and very personal. Take some time to find those people that do support you. If that's what you want to do. Some people like to grieve by themselves and that's fine. But if you want to be more extroverted and talk to people, do your homework. Cause there's a lot of people out there that don't have the right training and they're doing more harm than good. Okay. And yeah. And just really do your training and don't commit, try it out. And if it doesn't feel right, you know, trust your gut. <laughs> if you're in there and you go, you know, this is not for me, this don't force yourself to stay. You know, just keep looking. Sometimes that's a journey in itself is, you know, and it, it may come in little bits here and there. One of my friends actually commented where I asked about what they had experienced that, you know, I asked in my, when I crowdsourced these answers, the first game, I asked not only what terrible things they had and non-helpful things they had heard, but also the really good stuff. And somebody commented that they were actually in one of these horrible things that they were told was actually in a 
pet loss grief group, like a support group. Yeah. And so you're right. Like, just because it sounds like it should be helpful, doesn't mean that it will be. And for me, for example, I live in El Paso and I am not Mexican. I'm not of Mexican descent, but I've always been super fascinated by the day of the dead celebration. And luckily, because we're so close to the border with Mexico, with the exception of the pandemic year, which was super sad because that's when I lost socks. Yes. We go to these, you know, these festivals and these celebrations where they have altars and they put an altar for the person or for the pet that's passed away. And on that altar, they put, you know, all the typical things like from the movie Coco, right? If you've seen the movie Coco, but they also add things that that pet or that person loved. So if that pet loved a certain type of treats, they would put a bag of that treat because they believe that at some point on November 1st, Uh, between November 1st and November 3rd, it's usually celebrated. I believe that at some point those spirits come back to visit and you want to have their favorite things out for them. Right. Right. So I love the idea of that. I love that when people either do a, a celebration of life for their pets, I've seen that being done. I love that we can get, we can do things maybe on our own. You can, you know, you don't need a whole audience to create a little altar at home. I keep socks uh, in our living room, in our family room, right above where she used to lay with the kids and I. She is always part of our family still. So like that helps me cope. I feel like there's an endless ways to do it, even even without the help of a, of a counselor or a, a, a coach or a group. But there's a point where you really do need to seek out help. Yeah, there can be. But I want to add one more thing that's really fun to do that I have my clients do is people scrap people that like to scrapbook or they'll do something like that. The altars are a great idea, but also saving pieces like you don't have to go and throw out everything, (laughs) you know, save the water bowls, save the save the collars. I mean, when I am going to add a little personal story, when my dog Marley died, I wore her collar around my wrist. And that was my, you know, for a really long time. And it was just so comforting to me. So, you know, it's like, be creative. That's, that's really important to do is be creative with what you, how you want to mourn your, the loss of your pet. And look for signs too. Of yes. Connecting. Cause I feel you just reminded me of literally two days after I lost socks. We're walking in the neighborhood and a guy is walking with his black lab and she's completely off leash. And we have leash laws here and she's completely overwhelmed by being off leash. And he's trying to like, you know, call her back. And I'm like, this is not working. And I, I didn't even ask. I ran inside. I grabbed her harness, same size dog, grabbed her harness, grabbed her leash and said, listen, it would make me so happy if you used this harness and leash for your dog. And I, and I was one feisty girl, my feisty girl, you know, it was just so perfect. And I don't know what happened with that harness. I hope she uses it for all sorts of adventures. Socks use that harness for 10 plus years and she traveled to multiple (laughs) States in it. And so to me, there was like that sign that she was still present and she wanted to kind of like share her great life with somebody else. Um, So look for the signs. I feel like it's so comforting, right? It's so comforting. Like, you know, so many people will like see a shadow right after they die or hear a bark or even laying in bed. You know, I've had clients that like, I can feel, you know, them spooning me. And it's like, yeah, that's real. They do come back. They do have messages for us and they do keep watching us and working with us to become better humans when they pass. 
And those, those soul messages are so healing for people. It's great. They really are. But what happens when somebody can't get past it? What happens if, first of all, I want to know what you consider a sign to be that you need to look for more help and what that help kind of looks like. Okay. Okay. When I have a client, I haven't had many, but um, I had one that was suicidal. They weren't a suicidal person, (laughs) but their grief was so intense. I think it was the second session with her. And that's when I said, you know, I, you really need to take this another level. I'm a coach. I'm not a therapist. So, you know, I recommended her to find somebody that could understand, you know, somebody that was, had empathy and kindness and she did, and she was fine, you know, and then we, then we did coaching again. The other thing that, I mean, that's the obvious, but some of the less obvious ones are say you're a really extroverted person. And you, after two weeks, three weeks, maybe even four, you're not going out. You're not reaching, you're reaching out. You're not answering your phone. You're not answering emails. That's, that's, that's starting to get a little concern. Okay. So anything that's like opposite of who you are, (laughs) you know, to the extreme, I mean, this, again, I'm generalizing, but to, to the extreme, that's when the little red flag should go in your world. You know, like, oops, maybe this isn't the best. Maybe this isn't really healthy that I just drove to the store and I loaded up on four quarts of ice cream, four bags of cookies, 10 bags of potato chips, and you eat them all on the way home. You know, mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, again, that's an exaggeration, but, right. you know, and there are good people out there again, you know, it's it, a, you know, maybe you would have to go to the emergency room if you are suicidal and you just cannot of course, deal with it. But there are good therapists out there that are um, trained as pet loss people. And, you know, their whole thing is not to just fix you is, you know, they want, they want to help you reach your goals and, and help you go through this journey. Uh, that's a roller coaster ride. And get to the point where you can focus more on the positive than right. on yeah. the loss. Right. On the joy. On the joy. Absolutely. Yeah. And the hope. And the hope. Hope is also really important. Good stage to be out. How so? What does hope look like in the grief stage? In the grief? Hope is wonderful. It's like we have seven stages of grief. And I'm kind of playing around now with the eight stages of grief and adding, because this, I, because I've worked with so many people and have seen their process, is that they're also somewhere in there is hope. Like, I hope I'm going to get better. I hope fluffy is okay. I hope I will feel happy. And that's really different than, than the other stages that we're so, you know, that we're used to. And I, I love it because it is, it's, a, a, it's a portal for people. It's a portal for healing. And it's something that people can usually grasp onto a little easier than joy because joy Joy has like guilt attached to it, you know, oh. a little bit. I'm not supposed to feel joy because I'm supposed to be, I have to feel sad, you know, and joy is our body. It's an actually our, it's a physical hormonal reaction for our body to signals us to take a break. You know, it's okay. You, you know, you can take a break. The grief is exhausting. So it is. laugh. 
you know, it's okay. You know, it's, it's really is. It's like, it really is. And that's yeah. where it's so important to have somebody to help you remember the good times and maybe share stories with. Right. Right. So what do you do exactly for somebody? If I were to call you and I would, I needed your help navigating the loss of a beloved pet. What exactly does that look like? It's a, it would be a coaching session and we would talk about your goals and what you're feeling right now and how you would like to feel in the future. And we, then I develop a plan and I present it to you and then you go, yes, no, well, let's maybe, how about this? So it, it's a joint effort. And then we either do one appointment, three appointments, whatever, you know, whatever you want. And we work on that each time that we meet. And there's always room for breathing in there and, you know, change. I'm pretty flexible in those sessions. People also call me for mediumship too. So when they want to contact their pet in the afterlife. What does that look like? Oh, that's fun. That's real. Oh, that is just, I, I, I usually start crying during those because there's, they're so profound. So when somebody calls me, I connect in with my guides, their guides and the pets guides. So it's a three-way conversation. I'm kind of just the conduit. And we start with one question to just bring the animal in. And then the animal usually, usually loves to talk. I've very rarely, I think twice in, in my 20 plus years of doing this, I probably have had two animals that didn't want to talk and they can be real chatterboxes. And so that takes anywhere from 15, 20 minutes for them to just talk about loving or, you know, change, you know, what their parent has to look for and thank, you know, there's just a lot of healing in there life lessons that they each taught each other. And then the rest of the appointment is open up for conversations. So people that any questions that the um, animal may not have addressed topics, then they people have the chance to ask the questions or say they're sorry or tell them they love them. And it's the healing that takes place is, is remarkable. It's really beautiful. I imagine that if somebody feels guilt about having made the decision to euthanize, they can clear that up. Yes, they can. Yes, they can. I imagine that would be very helpful. Yes, it is. It's very, very helpful. Just because I'm into logistics and this is just who I am. Um, is there a time <laughs> between when we say goodbye and when it's ideal to check in with our pets once they've passed to the other side? Again, it depends on the pet, but I go by no, it's not. But I do tell my people that if they contact me within two weeks of the passing, what I do is very quickly, I just tune into, if I ask for permission first, I tune into the animal and I say, are you ready to talk yet? Because the way, the way I have been taught by my guides is there's a two-week period, the transition period. So they're doing a lot of work and resting and they're in and out, you know, they're, they're looking at you. They're kind of coming back to planet earth and spirit and then zipping back up into the transition. So that can take anywhere from nanoseconds to two weeks, never had an animal longer than two weeks. I do sessions during those two weeks. Again, if I get permission from the animal, because sometimes the animal is tired. Yep. And so their transition is weak. And I don't, I don't want to waste people's money. You know what right. I mean? Yeah. I, I I wanna, you want to be able to answer the questions they have and connect I, yeah, them. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but sometimes the grief is, and they really want to know, and that's fine. And the animal says it's okay. But what happens is they come in, it's boom. This is what I'm going to give you. 
then they go, I have to rest. The rest may take, you know, a minute or so. And then they come back in again. So what I do with those sessions, those types of sessions is when the animal is, I would say to the client, you know, your animal needs to rest right now. So let's talk about some grief. So I, I kind of put two hats on during Got those it. sessions. Those are like the hybrid sessions. <laughs> yeah. Is there a time when we're too, like the, the pain is too raw yet before we call you? No. No? Okay. No, that's good to no. know. My job in this world is to create the space and the safety for people. It's really important because yeah. 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 At so. least they'll leave the call maybe without, without answers they hoped for, but feeling yes. a little bit more yeah. positive. Yeah. Like somebody, somebody listened to them. Somebody who's, who gets it and doesn't say the crazy things that we just discussed. Right. Yeah. Right. So tell us how can our listeners on Pet Life Radio and our viewers on YouTube get in touch with you if they're feeling like they want to, you know, have you help them along this journey? Yes. I would suggest going to my website and it's centerforpetlossgrief.com and you'll see the contact area, but there's a lot of stuff on that website that you can you can spend hours on my website. <laughs> <laughs> All the stuff I have on there. <laughs> You do have a ton of resources. You've written multiple books exactly on this topic. So I highly recommend you do spend some hours on Wendy's website. I would love to talk to you more about this because I really could talk about this all day. It's such an important topic, but I just want to propose a toast to you for taking the time to chat with me again. Thank you, my dear. It's always a pleasure. <laughs> it's such a pleasure to chat with you every time. I also want to propose a toast to our executive producer, Mark Winter, for making Yay, this show possible. Mark. And to our viewers on YouTube and our listeners on Pet Life Radio, thank you for spending your time with me and with Wendy once again. Here is to a life covered in pet hair because there's no better way to live. Cheers. Cheers. <laughs> <laughs> and if you want to learn more about covered in pet hair, please visit coveredinpethair.com or petliferadio.com. Thanks for watching and we'll see you next time. Let's Talk Pets every week on demand only on PetLifeRadio.com.